There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Yellow witches, zombies, and goblins. Welcome back to Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi, also known as Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, intuitive teacher, and I am your astrologer next door. I am just going to hop right into this episode. You guys know I'm doing spooky October theme, and today I have the most special guest. She is my bestie, my homie. She is a Pisces stelium. So who else to talk about witches than a certain witch I got here? here. Welcome, Lauren, to the Psychic Scoop podcast. Well, thank you. I am super, super excited to be here, especially talking about all this stuff since I probably watched Halloween Town in August of last year, multiple times. I just like, it doesn't stop. Yeah, we have like a year round text message about Halloween costumes for three years ahead of time. Yeah, I would say both of our significant others tend to start having like aneurysms behind their eyes on no, like November 1st, because we're like, babe, what if we did this? And they're just plotting our death. Yeah, we we knew to like take them out of the group text like years ago, because they're not into it at all. <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. So I said Pisces stelium. So you have five planets in Pisces. You are hella Pisces. And also they can't see you, but you're wearing a tie dye shirt that you made yourself. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It is also a Salem Quidditch t-shirt, which uh, I would assume they would have a great team. A lot of women got away. So, <laughs> you know, they're very fast, great flyers. Yeah, we should also introduce the topic, which I did not do. We're talking about the Salem Witch Trials. Woohoo! Everybody loves a party. <laughs> she has a psychic that's on call and has been her whole life who resides in Salem. Oh my God. Yeah. She's amazing. And you grew up in Connecticut. How far away is Salem from Connecticut? I, oh, this is fun because I get to say your favorite term as the crow flies. <laughs> and it always confuses me. Um, and again, very apropos. So it's probably about two and a half, three hours, but uh, it's a very classic New England thing. First of all, creepy shit they make you do in New England. Grave etchings. Anyone else do that? You go to a graveyard with like charcoal and you etch someone's tombstone and you're like little Timmy tied up tuberculosis. And you're like, oh, sorry. That's what you do as a child. And then invariably (laughs) you go to Plymouth Rock. It's just a rock. And then you go to Salem as a kid. So we grew up doing that every single year to the point where like we would have regular things that we did. But um, I'd been going to, I have been going to the same psychic since I was like, I want to say maybe 10. Okay. Can we give a shout out to Lori? Lori Bruno. She is amazing. She also called the fact that I was going to meet my boyfriend. She's, she's like a magical snooky. Like her hair is just wonderful and magical. She wears thousands of rings um, and she is in her eighties. She, she has like the most amazing lineage and she's the sweetest little lady and your your whole family goes to her which i also your dad actually butt dialed her accidentally multiple multiple times. times so apparently they're phone buddies now every time i go there she's like i brought you cookies she sounds awesome i just love hearing yeah since we've been i mean we've been friends for a long time now but i loved hearing about your stories of visiting salem you brought me a gift back from salem because you're a little pisces soul i can't help it it's, it's my love language <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And like we we connected 
just instantly when we met. And I remember one of the first things you said to me was, well, not the first, but one of the many things that stand out. You were like, you got the special sauce too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you said the special sauce is psychic power or witchiness. Yeah, I actually, uh, a friend of mine who I met at work said that because she was like, oh, and it was kind of that moment of like in the sixth sense when the kid's like, I see dead people. It was kind of like that, only like nicer with glitter and again with less dead people, hopefully. Well, not for me. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I thought you'd be the perfect person. And you're just one of the funniest people I know because of your Leo moon. We both have water, sun and risings and then fire sign moons. So we're equally psycho and empathetic. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm really Really, really happy to be here and happy to be with you, my best friend. I really, really appreciate it. I hope everyone's feeling the love. And now we're going to quickly do an about face into death and <laughs> wrongful hanging Actual. of women and men. Uh, well, not a lot of men, right? Like only a few. Only a handful. I'm only, only a mere handful. And one guy who got our, our personal favorite, Giles Corey, who got, he's the meanie panini of this whole crew. <laughs> Literal meanie panini. So we're going to, we're going to break that all down because I remembered a lot of the stories and then I didn't. So mm -hmm. I think for our listeners, we just really want to talk about what went down, the history of it. And every time I've talked to you, you knew so many cool facts that I didn't know about. So I thought you could just enlighten people on what it was like, because <laughs> you probably were there. <laughs> and the first trial was March 1st, 1692, which is indeed Pisces season. And I'm going to go over the astrology of the Salem witch trials at the end because shit was whack. So where do we start? I, well, I feel like such a nerd saying it, but like, just keep in mind, like where people were at this point. So like in 1647, the first witch was killed in the US. Uh, in Connecticut, no big deal. So 1647, the first witch was, Is was killed, killed in the US. It's not as like, you know, you're coming from people that were literally too uptight for the English. A lot going on. So they come to the US, they're kind of nut jobs. And then on top of that, in 1689, you had like, it's called King William's War. So he basically started a war with the French, <laughs> like amongst the colonies. So like, can you imagine you're just like trying to not die? Like all you do is eat potatoes and pray. So this is happening, which means you have an influx of, you know, immigrants coming in saying like, hi, my village was burned to the ground, or you have conflicts with the natives you know, we took over like that's a whole other can of worms. But so people were afraid of cultures they didn't understand and they're getting invaded and they feel like they're losing their homes. And then all of a sudden they come into Salem Township, which was at that point hugely popular because it was a maritime city. So like, of course, we get it in our heads that, yes, it's the witch city. But at the time, it was a, a hugely popular port. So cut to 1692 or 1689, rather, a guy named Sam Paris, who's the reverend, comes in. So he has his daughter and he has uh, his niece, Abigail Williams, living with him. They start to lose their shit. Now, Abigail is the one that you'll remember from The Crucible. And I like to think of her as the OG Scorpio. But she was 11 years old and she starts like, both these girls start losing their goddamn minds. Like they start having fits. I know there was a lot of like mass hysteria going on as we talked about the times and, and all that stuff that was going on. I know there was a huge smallpox yeah. epidemic that happened. Now, every time I read about this, I said the girls had the fits. Like, is it a normal like water sign fit where it's like what <laughs> we're like pouting about, like not getting our cheese fries? Or is this like, are they convulsing and their eyes rolling back of their head? What are we talking is witchy that happened? I think both. So I think that realistically, like at that time, the way that kids were raised and think about the age brackets. So you have nine to 17, AKA welcome to puberty bitches. <laughs> right. Like your first period. I would be, I would totally be put on trial. 
Yeah. <laughs> Roaster. Yeah, they'd just been drunk coloring in the corner. They'd have been like, she's fine, but not okay. So yeah, like they were probably doing both. They would say that like they were having scratches all over their bodies, but they also during like meal times would have to stand to the side. So that would just mean like she would drop her trencher, which is also what they would call a plate. What is it called? A trencher. You would know that. I was. It was a weird thing to be like, oh, what an appetizing thing. Okay, so she dropped her trencher where? Trencher, yeah. She would like, you know, like the kids would be standing by the side during dinner while their parents are eating and she would just scream or like in the middle of the night scream or they wouldn't want to do their gajillions of chores because like that at that time, a child is meant to be like seen and not hurt. Yeah. So in the context of what is a fit, imagine like, you wouldn't even look twice this bit in target. <laughs> right. But I mean, like these kids, like they had such a restricted lifestyle that it stood out more and more. Yeah. So, and then keep in mind too, again, seen and not heard all of a sudden, everyone's paying attention. So the doctor, Dr. Griggs is like, we can't fix that shit. Cause they went through every other remedy, which is like, okay, you slap some leeches on this bitch. That is not going to help her. if She's got her period. Really? They, they put leeches. So that's one of the things they would do. Leeches are a common medical treatment until I mean, honestly, until like probably the 1800s. What's the purpose of that? Like just cleansing the blood? Suck out the impurity. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Mother nature. I'm kind of about it, but also not, this doesn't in any way like lead to some kind of remedy for a fit, quote unquote, a mental health thing going on. Yeah. Although now I'm thinking like, damn, what do you have to do in life to be like that leech? Because like that leech has a good life. Like you are living fat (laughs) on the land. That's so true. (laughs) like so gross but so true that leech probably incarnated to like one of my bosses but (laughs) we won't name names but i know you're talking about moving right along so finally like you said the trials start but the girls were like they pull in these magistrates and they say like the magistrates say you just have to name who's doing this to you they named three initial people tichaba a slave sarah good homeless and sarah osborne old and poor so makes sense why you'd name these people. It's like people that are marginalized in this society who you think you can frankly get away with treating badly. Mm. And so it starts to snowball. More girls start to see things and Tichaba finally confesses. She's got her whole story about like devil's book and dancing at night. But what's interesting, so throughout all this, 200 people are in prison. Wow. Um, And at the time, keep in mind, you have to pay your own fees. So if you are on top of that poor, you're never getting out like okay so even if i mean in some weird world one of these old poor ladies happened to be found innocent she would still be jailed because she can't pay her bill to get out of jail right okay it's kind of like a weird eviction only they just keep you in there yeah and the people they're targeting they know damn well they can't pay those fees yeah yeah and then uh, the first woman was killed on June 10th. So again, like just think about that time period of these people in a prison cell in like, I don't know if, you know, if your listeners are from the Northeast or familiar with that temperature is, but it's cold as shit. And you're in a jail cell with no heat. If you're rich, you might get a blanket, mm-hmm. but like you're straight chilling uh, and it's literally chilling. Like you're freezing to death in this place. You have no, you know, give minimal food, you have minimal medical treatment. And then finally the first woman is tried and hung Bridget Bishop, who again was old, weird, and apparently promiscuous. Oh, yes. I remember that. A wee bit slutty. A wee bit slutty. I actually was reading something about her earlier and I someone like a townsfolk had said, she's wearing a flamboyant skirt. <laughs> like really? 
to be viewed as slutty at that point in history. It's like, that was a risk. Yes. Judgy, judgy, but I don't know. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the kind of feel of what I was researching. So the townsfolk, are they in, I don't know why I keep calling them townsfolk because that's what I imagine them is. Yeah. Are they in like into this or are they not wanting to question it because they don't want to be tried? What, what's like the feel of everyone around Salem? I think it's mainly that at that point, you don't want to be considered for it. So like, okay, so keep in mind, Bridget Bishop was basically convicted and hung on spectral evidence. So that means that like, you would be sitting in the courtroom and Abigail comes trotting out and she's like, Bridget, slap me. Did she though? There's no actual evidence for this. Yeah, it's all hearsay. They're calling it spectral evidence of like, there's there's nothing really going on. They're saying like, oh, she's a, they're, one of the things was like, she's sitting up in the rafters right now. And like, Bridget's a million years old. <laughs> like, she's just like literally sitting there. She's like, I hate all of you. Right. And she was openly outspoken. Cotton Mather was actually like an academic at the time who called for no spectral evidence. He was ignored. So that's the best case scenario. If you come forward and you say, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're ignored, but keep in mind, he's powerful and a man. Anyone that would object and say it's stupid or terrible and like this is fake and wrong, you would hope to be ignored. Mm. But what I think is interesting is what caused it to to end was the governor's wife being accused. Right. Yeah. Governor Phipps' wife, who a little cutie, really liked her or at least didn't want her hung. You know, I mean, bare minimum for a relationship. That's a keeper. (laughs) So the court was done on October 29th of 1692. So like, I, I just think that that time frame is really interesting. Basically, you went through a crazy ass summer of just hanging people. So a total of 19 people were hung and Mini Panini, Giles Corey was squished. The reason why he was uh, pressed, he kept on asking for more weight was because he wouldn't uh, confess. Right. So that was a that was a thing that happened when they put these women on trial. They either had to plead to being a witch, which usually ended in death, or yep. they they said not guilty and they hung them anyway off of this, what do you said, spectral evidence. So yep. this guy, Giles, Giles, is it Giles or Giles? I always think about it's it as Giles. Like Giles. Yeah, Giles from like Buffy. So Giles is like, yo, I'm not talking. And then they accused his wife and he was like, yeah, sure. She's a witch hanger. And then they were like, what about you? You're a wizard because male, uh, male witches are wizards. Yep. That's not fair. Yeah. But anyway, they think he's a wizard and he doesn't confess either way and he won't talk. So they put him they put him on his back in the town square and literally just pile boulders on top of him yeah. until he literally just keeps saying, keep going. And then he dies in front of a bunch of people. Wasn't it like across the street yeah. from the courthouse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his dying words were more weight. I will say, if, again, if anyone is ever in Salem, the Salem Witch Museum, it looks like a church outside. It is worth going to because I don't think they will ever update the wax stands in there. And it's hilarious. But the Giles Corey thing is really dark because there's literally a guy getting crushed by large slabs of stone. Yeah, and that's not a good way to go. And I was reading about good old Giles. So there's a curse. Have you have you like listened to heard about the curse? No. Of Giles? Okay, so first of all, there's a lot of reports in Salem about his ghost wandering around the city. And apparently before a huge tragedy happens in Salem or in the surrounding areas, someone will see his ghost the night before. So there was this huge fire in 1914. And before this happened, the ghost of Giles was running around the graveyard near his grave, like causing havoc and like 
basically being a little poltergeist to all the people in the town. And then this big event happened. Hmm. Now, anyone that takes the sheriff position in Essex County, they die randomly and suddenly from a blood or heart condition. And this has been happening for 300 plus years where anyone takes the sheriff position and they say it's the curse of Giles Corey. Jeez. Well, that's spicy. So he's an angry old dude. Yeah. I mean, but then like all accounts say he was angry in life too. So like, is this a traumatic death uh, or is it like, man, you were, I mean, like, cause that's part of the reason why he was accused. Like he was an ornery old bastard and everyone's like, you know, it'd be a really easy way to get rid of him. Let's just say he's a witch. <laughs> yeah. He was not the nicest person at all, but that's why we inappropriately called him Meanie Panini because he was pressed. <sighs> That's going to come back for us. When you're in Salem, do you get the feeling, like you're crazy intuitive, do you get feeling that there's history there or does it just feel like it's kind of tourist central now? What does it feel like when you're I think there? honestly it's both because like they've done a lot. Like that's so interesting to me when we first started talking about this of when did they make that decision to be like, you know, it'd be a super fun tourist trap, 19 dead people. Like odd decision. But it's interesting because like when you're there, there are certain parts where you do feel like a kind of connection to something. And like, I will say that like the Wiccan community there has done such an incredible job of making it their own, like literally on the cops uniforms, there really is like a a witch on there. And then there's so many things where there's such acceptance there. I I can't remember the statistic, but like a huge amount of the kids there are actually like children practicing Wiccans. Oh, wow. That's so cool that they kind of turned around that whole horrible experience that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, it is worth mentioning that like in 1697, they literally had a day of fasting because they realized just five years later, they realized this is a matter of hysteria going on, going through a whole history of realizing it's unlawful, like in 1702, 1711, like restoring their names for the most part and getting essentially like reparations and like restitution for them. I mean, 1957, Massachusetts then was like, oh my God, should we apologize? <laughs> Finally. But it is interesting because like, like I said, there are some parts where you really do feel like connection, but also it's like, it's more where Salem Township was, was more like Danvers. There's actually only one still standing uh, home that was actually the home of one of the judges, which is pretty dark. Yeah. It's sad how it all went down and how it happened. I mean, when I was doing more research for this podcast, I just felt this overall deep pain of grief in my like can you imagine a family member or even I mean your child like the youngest person that was put like under suspicion was actually Dorcas Good so she was actually Sarah Good's daughter so she actually went through a period where she wasn't speaking uh because she's four years old can you imagine you threw a four-year-old into a prison cell and wonder how that would go (gasps) like yeah there's so much trauma and just so much sadness there it's it's just really really disgusting and um it's, it's crazy how quickly things can snowball. Totally. Because like realistically, two girls were freaking out because they live in a, an oppressed society and they're going through something. And rather than just saying like, okay, it's puberty, call it a day. Instead of doing that, they're just like, you know what? Let's imprison 200 people. That's crazy. So, you know, I'm a psychic. I think everyone is. So what were the things that clarified these witch tests? Because I wrote a few down. What would they do to decide if I'm a witch or not? 
I want to talk to you briefly about something I'm really passionate about, which is awakening your intuition. And that's why I created a seven-day online course that reconnects you back to your highest self. And all of the information in it is channeled directly from spirit. The best thing about it is you can do the course on your own time and your own schedule. It's seven days of in-depth intuition lessons. You find out what kind of psychic you are. You break through subconscious obstacles and clear away what doesn't serve you. There's a really powerful third eye activation that will wake up your channeling. And this course is truly for anyone who is ready to up-level, enlighten, and commit to their life. When your intuition is strong, you make amazing everyday decisions that really help you get aligned back to your purpose, back to your soul. If you want to hear more about it, head over to my website, spiritsis.com courses. You can read student testimonials and also take a really fun, how intuitive are you quiz. It's time to see the magic in your own life. What would they do to decide if I'm a witch or not? Also keep in mind too, these were not necessarily used in Salem, but these are common ones. They would use thumb screws. They would, which is a common thing of torture, which is like a saying, like, until you confess, we're just going to keep basically crushing your thumbnail. (gasps) I heard, so maybe this wasn't to Salem. I, I read that this, I mean, who knows where this was? I probably should have a little better research, but yeah. So there was a thing called a swimming test where they tied your finger to your toe of the opposite side and they bound you by that and they put you in the water and if you floated you were a witch and if you sank you were not a witch and it's to say that i guess if something like if the devil had any part in in you doing something that they would add air to your lungs or something i don't know so I'm learning really dark things about <laughs> education in New England every single day. We were taught that was the clam and you would do it in the pool and like you would sink down to the bottom. You didn't tie your toes, but that's what you would, you would tuck, you would pike and then let yourself sink. Oh my gosh. Well, that only happened in New England. <laughs> there was another test called the witch cake. <gasps> we, yes, yes, I know what the witch cake is. They thought you were a witch. They fed you a witch cake, which was made of mostly rye flour mixed with your own urine. And then they would feed it to the dog. If the dog started acting crazy or witchy, that meant that you were a witch. Because spoiler alert, they also thought that dogs were from this from from the Satan. <laughs> they thought dogs were from from the devil. Yeah, I remember that one, uh, which is really fun. It's so weird. The other one, oh, the bir- the birthmark thing is is my favorite. Yes, the devil's mark. Mm-hmm. So what was that? So if you have a birthmark, if you have anything sort of funky on your body at all, that's clearly where the devil drew blood from you or kissed you, whatever it was, because it all like, honestly, it oils, it always boils down to like, you've laid with the devil. Like you've had, you've had, you've had Congress with the devil. It always is. It becomes this like hyper-sexualized thing. Meanwhile, if Rebecca nurse is like 9 million years old, what's she doing? She's going to displace a hip. I know she, that, that story about Rebecca nurse was kind of also, I love that you said, sorry, I have to touch back on, you said it all boils down mm-hmm. to, and I thought that was funny. Oil toil. You know. It wasn't even on purpose. Little but... shout out. <laughs> Rebecca nurse is another woman. We, I mean, there's only, there's so much we can only talk about in our podcast, but Rebecca nurse was another person on trial who basically like they said she was not guilty and then they took it back. And then they did a bunch of runaround and then they gave her a second trial and then they said, okay, you're going to be hanged. And then they like took it back again. And then eventually they just hung her. But how old was she when she passed? 
I mean, also keep, keep in mind, like a lot of these people were in their sixties to seventies. Like I want to say she was like nearly in her eighties. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking eighties too. Which like at, in 1692, can you imagine? Yeah. That's kind of amazing. I'm just thinking about the astrology on this too. And Pluto was in cancer at this time. And Pluto is all about death and rebirth and underworld and trauma. And Pluto in cancer is like, you don't feel at home anywhere. You feel trauma, you feel sadness. And you know, the fact that they were putting people, I guess, on trial that were either homeless we're in this oppression, right? This society where they couldn't feel like they could have a home anywhere. It makes a lot of sense, actually, when you think about that. And I was actually on Reddit, my favorite place for information. And I was on the Salem witch trial thread. And I wanted to share what someone had said. Uh, this, this is the Reddit user. It's Dr. C. Miller. And someone asked, like, why did this happen? Right. And so uh, Dr. C. Miller wrote, often people who were accused of witchcraft were people who didn't fit into traditional gender roles. So if you see a lot of elderly, poor, or often widowed women who no longer have a role to play in quote unquote society. And I think that's really funny with Pluto and uh, cancer too. You have to be a perfect wife, a perfect mom that you need basically to prove your worth. And you see women, you know, that are um, acting immodestly or promiscuous, they were also put to trial too. So I just found that uh, being punished for those things was the norm. Yeah, and I will say that like there, there have been a lot of theories. Uh, it was published in Science Magazine in 1976, a woman named Linda she went on this whole thing about how it was this, um, basically it was this fungus that would live in rye and live in various things. It was called ergot and it would cause almost like LSD esque trips. But there's all these things too, of like, you know, obviously you've got a lot going on in that sense. And then like the scientific element of like, what could have caused so many people to consent to it. And I mean, Mm -hmm. who knows? Yes. And if I'm looking at the astrology and if I'm being totally honest, it is screwed up. (laughs) I just talked about uh, Pluto being in cancer and in February of 1692, it was in a critical degree. I think it was in, let me look at the chart again. It was in 27 degrees when this was all happening, which is a critical degree. And that's like very serious end degrees of where this shit hits the fan. And also, so basically all of the all of the planets, the malefic planets. So we got Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune made a T-square, which is one of the most frictiony things to happen in astrology. And the T-square was formed in mutable signs. So it was in Gemini, Sagittarius, and Pisces. And the, whenever I look at a T-square, if it was like a client coming to me, is looking at the opposition of where the T-square is pointing to. And the T-square in this, what would alleviate the chart is Virgo. There were no planets in Virgo. There was nothing happening in Virgo. So the reason the T-square was so icky is because Virgo is practical. Of all the mutable signs, Virgo's like, wait, hold on, what's going on, guys? <laughs> like, this, is, this doesn't make sense. But there was no energy there. So that's why the T-square had even more weight in those like uh, in those placements because the only Earth sign was missing. So that, that mixed with Mars was in retrograde in Gemini, and we had, when this was all going on, like the whole, with at the sisters was happening, Mercury was retrograde. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd like to cut to the fact that our ass is trying to record this thing <laughs> was <laughs> retrograde as fuck. <laughs> that was another scary thing because you and I both have 
psychic intuitive abilities. Whenever that happens, technology does not work. So we had literally black screens and technology, and we think maybe the ghosts of some of these uh, lovely women, or maybe even Giles himself was here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I will say it is not Miss Bishop because I applaud her. So Mars and Chiron and Uranus were all in Gemini, making an opposition to Saturn that was squaring Neptune. So this is all just very frictionist territory here. And that is why I think a lot of the uh, shit went down as it did. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy too, because like how quickly they realized. That's what's crazy. Literally, they declared it unlawful in 1702. So 10 years later, they were like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. So it's not as if these people are like archaic Stonehenge kind of, you know, well, Stonehenge, they did a whole other kind of things, but whatever. In any case, they knew that it was bad. They couldn't admit that like, yeah, as a town, we were probably the people that were influenced by something negative, not these women. There's also a lot of like Gemini energy and Gemini rules local community. And the fact that Chiron was there, that's wounds. So there was a lot of gossip. There was a lot of things that didn't make sense that putting people on trial with no evidence. I mean, that in itself is just like, oh, yeah, I, I said something I didn't mean. Whoops. And then Mercury was retrograde in Aquarius, which is all about the masses. It, it, it's all it's all a recipe for, oops, I shouldn't have done that and having no process time. And then feeling the frictionness of these outer planets that it, I don't care who you are. You feel that shift in the energy. So what went down in 1692 mm -hmm. was more than effed up, but the astrology kind of backs up some of the things that were happening that made these people maybe feel this way. Here's the other thing, though, that I like I did find really interesting, like I said, of just like, when did we decide this is a great tourist attraction in the 70s, Bewitched film there, which I feel like was really like the kicking off of like all of a sudden people are like, oh, what a fun little thing. 1982, they launched uh, this thing called Haunted Happenings, which you've, if you're from New England, you have definitely gotten that little flyer that says like Haunted Happenings. And it's like a breakdown of like, you know, this mall full of psychics. But in the beginning, it was just like one day where kids got to walk around in Halloween costumes in this idyllic fall setting. And again, Salem was an extremely prosperous town. It's a maritime town. Mm -hmm. Like it's a beautiful city. But then uh, 1992, they launched the Witch Memorials. And then 1993 is Hocus Pocus. <laughs> so yes, that does warrant uh, acknowledgement because shout out to the fact that in the beginning, that book that she has, or like when they flip open the book that says like Hocus Pocus on it, it says 1693. Shout out to the fact that you're basically alluding to the fact that these bitches escaped the trials. That is actually fantastic. I didn't realize that. I looked at it the other day because obviously I was watching it and I was like, oh, well played. I mean, I wasn't there or maybe I was, I don't know, in a past life, but I feel like that film was a perfect, perfect little nod. But I mean, that is, it's difficult because I haven't lived anywhere near there. So I don't know how sensitive people are to the history. I mean, obviously there's a lot of tourism there, but how do people feel about us making this? yeah into a whole commercial capitalized let's uh let's make movies and let's make uh, money off of this i think and like i'm not a person who has ever obviously owned a small business there but i will say that like the people that run stores there run this there they all of a sudden have this booming tourist industry they like make their rent in october you know what i mean uh like psychics will go through all that. They have these wonderful little stores like, um, and they're all online now worth mentioning. There's house, Witch. they have awesome stuff. Their candles are amazing. 
Okay. Well, everyone's just trying to uh, bend and weave with what, what we can work with now. Yeah. But I mean, even still, so like point being, I, I think it's a mixed bag and I think it's a matter of like, you know, it's a really terrible thing that brought people to that place, but you're seeing people that, you know, practice a different religion, having more freedom and more mm-hmm. understanding than they would have had otherwise. So that's a wonderful thing and more awareness of, you know, maybe something that isn't the norm. So could these 200 people in prison, 20 people dead ever have foreseen the fact that they stuck out being a means of frankly liberation for other people years later? No, they couldn't have, but it kind of ended up being that because it actually like obviously has the highest population of Wiccans in the country. You know, like you saw this huge, like, boost and boom and all that stuff obviously like 70s launched it i mean the second stevie nick started spinning around people wanted a crystal everywhere but yeah i mean i I think that it's a mixed bag and i think it's the thing where like yes you can have this as a profit thing but it's also to like do it with some decency like it's like you know there's there's a thing of like you know educating people on what happened here educating them with i also too don't necessarily like the ergot thing because it it gives people an out it gives them the ability to say that we aren't capable of that without having been influenced by something no humans are capable of atrocities and admitting that like this was a terrible thing i think is an important lesson because then we learn how to not do it again right which is any anything in history right we're always in this human experience to learn from our mistakes and yeah, I, I appreciate all of that, I guess, awareness of where we grew from that and how people even in Salem have understood like that trajectory and journey. And I think I remember hearing about the Salem witch trials, you know, growing up and I always thought it was so taboo and crazy. And there were these people practicing like devil worship, worship, worship devil worship and all worship. this stuff. And then it's like, I read today and I'm reiterating these, the we are reiterating these points and it just didn't make a lot of sense because I mean, who knows like what kind of, and, and again, the smallpox and the mass hysteria that was going on, there was a lot of uh, mental, physical, emotional pressure living in this time, which I think is something that we should just like wrap up because <laughs> this was all, we've all went through a lot with COVID and being influenced by everything around us. Uh, so mass hysteria can definitely influence and give you a different perspective of things and people around you. But I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy to see just how quickly it can spiral and how quickly things can kind of lose their stride. I mean, again, look at how quickly they said we messed up. That to me is so telling of just like, wow, so you, you did that. But also keep in mind, a lot of people got out. There were, um, there were called like witch caves. So people would flee if they knew that like, cause you'd start to hear that gossip that you talked about. People would start to hear like, oh, so-and-so. Yeah. I guess she stood in front of a cow too long. And they think that they, she's cursing a cow right now. Genuine thing. Get your kid out because you know, they know. So like a whole family would disappear in the middle of the night and you're not exactly going to go track them down on an Instagram tag. They're at this point settled in rural Connecticut or rural, you know, at this point, New Jersey, God bless them. Just kidding. <laughs> But it is, it's, it's an interesting city and I definitely like recommend going, but definitely like going a certain route, you know, seeing certain things actually taking in the history and realizing that's why you're actually there. Right. Right. So honoring the people that were killed in a way that feels respectful. Yeah. No, I mean like it's, it's a fun city uh, in that sense. And I, I will say their Halloween ball uh, is dope. Best costumes you will ever see. <laughs> I mean, also too. We discussed the fact that we would probably have been, you know, I don't, I don't know if we would have been killed in June, 
but I would say a strong early July, just in time for your birthday. Mm, yeah, I, I probably would have been dead in June because that's my 12th house. <laughs> you have a Pisces stellium in the 12th house. So you are as witchy as witchy gets. Uh, you are like a pure channel. It was just fun to, re to relook at your chart. And I always love being around you, Lauren, because you bring fun to history and you bring excitement to life. Just a true diehard great friend. And you're funny AF. So I appreciate <laughs> all of your uh, insights on Salem. Is there any other last little touches on this very morbid episode you'd like to bring up? <laughs> I've, I've never wished to have something extremely morbid to say in my life. Uh <laughs> No, again, I, I got to say, like, there are so many things we're seeing there and worth honoring there and so many amazing people that have built a society that is so accepting and, um, you know, progressive and, and trying to do something more. So check it out if you're in, on the East Coast. Um, watch Hocus Pocus and always listen to Steffi because she's always right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm not, I am now, I'm never going to take Lori's spot, but I think I am, I'm in the running for a second place spot in the Stephanie family uh, psychic spot. Cause I gave your mom and dad both readings. <laughs> I'm way. I also have to give you your Halloween present from my mother. So that's big stuff. <laughs> she also uh, got us little to go cups for taking walks with wine. And she was like, these are seasonal. <laughs> Thank you, mother. This is our <laughs> season. Well, thank you. I appreciate you laying out the history, honoring Salem, you know, clo close-ish uh, <laughs> town of yours that you visited growing up. I appreciate your time. And thank you so much for laying it down for us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was awesome. And I hope you enjoyed this very spooky-ish episode, kind of just giving like the real real on what really went down in Salem. And if you want to reach out to me, you know where to find me on Instagram. It's at spirit underscore sis, or you can head over to my website, spiritsis.com. Until then, keep, keep being spooky. What's a good one? Help me with a tagline. I mean, like, stay weird. Just because they prosecute you, stay weird. <laughs> okay. Stay weird until they prosecute you. All right. Sending love. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>